Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Before we get started, I would like to say if you enjoy any of the episodes, past, present, this one right here, whatever it is, it really means the world to us and really helps the podcast out a lot. You can do the most and it's free of charge. Just go to your listening platform, like, rate, send in a review of the podcast. Also, screenshot a picture of the episode and then repost it on your social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, tag us. Don't tag us. Tag the guests, please, if if anything. That would be great. And just know that we really appreciate it, and it does worlds for making this show better. So thank you very much to everybody who has done that, and thank you to everybody who's tuned in, even if you didn't do that. Okay, let's get into the show now. This episode is with Elaine Moen. I had her on uh, earlier in the year, and we had some technical difficulties or whatever, but it was still a fun podcast and a really good one. So I told her I'd have her back on. And here she is for a second time, the yoga and life coach out of New York, now in Iowa, Elaine Moen. There we go. I don't want to waste any of our conversation. Just get right to it. I've done that so many times on podcasts where I'm like, blah, 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 blah. And then like, oh man, that would have been perfect for a podcast. (laughs) But anyway, thanks for being back on. Thank you for having me back on. But now, I was really excited when I got your message too, because we well we talked about doing this again, and then you know days turn into weeks, weeks turn into months, and then COVID happens, and then it's like, all right, remember all the things that we wanted to do? Maybe let's do them now. Exact. That's exactly like that's how it went. And uh, actually, my wife reminded me. She goes, "You need to follow up with the people you said you were going to have back on." And yours was like we had video issues. Half the like there was several conversations. We even had to redo it once. Um, go back after like fifteen minutes in and start over. And so I was like, we need to come back on the podcast. And all this stuff did happen. And she goes, you need to you know go through the list of people that you said you'd have back on. And I'm like, oh, I know the first one to ask. This <laughs> is definitely you. I was like, okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yep. I'm yep. honored. But life has taken you, I guess you escaped New York City just in time, huh? Yeah. So it was like March 17th. I had been isolated since just before like St. Patrick's Day weekend. And then throughout that week, um, you know, like there was Tuesday, Tuesday was St. Patrick's Day and then it was Wednesday and then Thursday. And my mom, my parents called and they were like, hey, you know, just a reminder, if you want to come home, you can come home. Like you don't have to tough it out in New York. And then Friday morning I was on a call and kind of got some information that things were not going to change for the next two to three months. And then I'm like in the middle of this call, like, but also on Google flights, like I need to get, like, I'm getting out of here. I'm not staying because it's, and it was just in time. And I caught a flight. It was a nine thirty flight on Saturday morning out of LaGuardia and just packed his little suitcase and booked it out of there. And where is that? Like, where is home right now? Like, where are you staying? I'm in Iowa city, Iowa. I will see. So much better than New York. Much better. Like, you know, and I, and I know, and I'm grateful that I have like this home to come, you know, this place to come home to and I've got space and, um, I've got my family, I've got quality food. I have a roof over my head. Um, I even have like a little park next to my parents' house that I can do my runs in. So when I feel restless and go stretch my legs and clear my head, but it's much safer. Um, I don't think that they, the governor issued a state mandate, but everyone is complying because 
I mean, if you're paying attention, like you understand, that's probably the thing to do, yes. whether it's your governor or even another country that's issuing it. Like, that's where we are. But, Especially there, but like, it's kind of funny how it flip flopped. I talked to uh, somebody else, the uh, the mental coach out of Utah, Lauren Tate, and uh, I had her back on the podcast, and they went up to Montana. They were already going up there, but they ended up in a cabin in Montana, and you're like. It's funny how people are appreciative of all the like rural areas now instead of striving to get into it's it's like flip-flop. They're like, "Man, I'm s-. the people in the rural areas would be like, "Man, I'm so thankful I'm here." versus there, you know? Yo, for real. For real. Like, and it's, you know, and I've never had anything bad to say about Iowa City or Iowa or any of it, but holy shit, am I grateful and thankful for it right now. Like, like goodness. And, you know, I've got a great relationship with my parents, but that didn't come without some work and hard conversations. But even those, those little things of, but yeah, like, you know, when you're younger, you're like, I want to go to the city. I want to be where the people yeah. are. And how we're like, I want to be where no people are. I want to be where no people are. And <laughs> one person, I don't want to see anybody. I don't want to smell anybody. No. Yep. You need to stay away. So I guess run everybody back through um, what it is you do, uh, your little, I guess, you also do the, like the, the women's self-help type of thing or help them out. Just explain to people a little bit about all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm a yoga teacher. I am a creative thought leader, and I'm currently studying Ayurvedic medicine. But a lot of my coaching is taking like the Eastern philosophies, typically helping women um, live abundantly. But then also I understand that we live in a modern world with modern wants and desires and then there's this progress. So how can we creatively blend the two while not forgetting who we are and um, living authentically? That's what I've been doing. And I was supposed to have a launch that was going to go first day of spring. And then COVID happened and it was like, all right, first day of summer. We're going to do the first day of summer. <laughs> so did you, decide, did you decide to push that back because of this or was is it just not a good fit with the, the what everybody's going through right now? Because it seems you like know, what you do would be helpful to people at the moment. You know, I think so too. And this is probably a little bit of my own imposter syndrome, a little bit of my own self-doubt was to like, I know that everyone is in a financially, everyone is in a different financial situation right now. So to, you know, come on and continue to push my thing right now, even though it could be, it could be very beneficial or a good time to do it. It may not be, I don't want to say the right time, but just wait for everything to slow down a little bit. So it was, it was a bit intentional, but also I didn't want to force that onto people. Like it's got, there are other things that we needed to be worrying about. I felt, and there was a little bit of, imposter syndrome I think going into you know who am I to push this on and well I mean it also on the flip side of that to reverse it is you can look at it as being more authentic and genuine of what you're trying to teach and you're like hey it feels sticky and ugly to try to sell something to somebody without a job right now and even though even though like it can be helpful to people and whatever and you can give like a bunch of stuff out for free but still that shows like a real level of authenticity to what you're trying to put out there in the world. Well, thank you. Anna. thanks for saying that. Um, and yeah, I, you know, reflecting back on it, um, it didn't feel fully right to do that. And so, and it wasn't, yes, I want to offer my services, but I've learned my own experience. It's not good to force things. <laughs> and you just kind of go with the flow. And right now the flow is just go home and chill with your family and, 
that's like another narrative that I've changed just because I, and I don't know if I'll be moving back to New York after this. I actually may be moving out of New York for a bit. And it felt like, okay, COVID, um, you know, kind of moved, pushed me out of New York and maybe it had been kind of pushing me out. And I was, every time that it would knock, I would be sleeping. But then I shifted the narrative to, I'm actually, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be because my dad just retired today. So this is a beautiful opportunity. This is a privilege to help my dad transition. And from a, it's, and it's destabilizing to go from living your life a type of way, which is something we're all experiencing anyway. But, and that's a lot of what has helped me in things when it doesn't feel like, how can we, how can we frame, how can we change the framework of this? Like, let's look at like the bigger picture of it. And so, yes, it was, felt like it was necessary to step back because I think it what didn't feel authentic for me to, to deliver that and then maybe it's just time to be with my family right now yeah and it could be and also he's man that's a great he's going through a transition you had to move back from new york like that's all sorts of transition i just feel like this is actually going to help you in your progress and being able to help other people oh thank you but, yeah because i mean you've already had some crazy stuff happen in your life anyway like yeah you've gone through all sorts of the, that's the whole reason you started this program right yeah, you know, like there's, um, I, life has been a little topsy-turvy ever since my brother got sick when I was younger, so when I was like 16, and that kind of affected, um, that impacted the relationships that I had, and that impacted the how I saw the world, that uh, altered my worldly view, and I lived in survival mode for a long time, um, and there was a scarcity mindset until probably about five years ago. And then it switched to abundance and love and creation and freedom. But that didn't come without feeling um, feeling scared and lost and trying to understand what it meant to be compassionate. And what it meant. I mean, and that... And that, like, so even that situation right there can help all the people. Like I feel, I feel like people now with the panic and the fear and the unknown, because really what it comes down to a lot is the fear of the unknown because they don't know. Like it could be, or it couldn't be. I hear bad. I hear bad. Sometimes I hear good. I hear bad. Like, I don't know. I don't know about this thing. Nobody knows exactly what to tell me. There's all these mixed messages and if they lose somebody from the disease and they're not able to go see them, just like you're impacted by your brother stuff, they can be impacted the same way and they can feel lost or like somebody was taken from them. I mean, they can go through a lot of different struggles, especially if they're not in a great place to begin with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And these, these places of, um, yeah, the fear is going to drive and that's kind of what kind of worries me a little bit is, is the fear that, is kind of that is easily spread right now um and it's hard to i think continue to stay positive when you feel the weight of the world just kind of like we're trying we're trying we're breathing we're trying to deep breathe deeper but it's that unknown is um and i think you know because we we try to do as much as we can to prepare Right, we, like we're sometimes we're told to like have a fun, safe for a rainy day, and you know have these like five-year plans and these ten-year plans, and we, you know, we sometimes like we're encouraged to pursue a certain academic avenue because it's going to lead to a certain promise. And now, none of that is is really like it's un, it's completely unknown, and there's um, an uncertainty is is a bitch, and it's scary. 
and it's difficult sometimes to remember um, to you know remember gratitude and love and abundance in this and how do we you know if we do lose somebody in and our life does change in this how do we not how do we forgive right how do we not stay angry um, and how do we not that's one thing I've been thinking about too is like just you know I know that we're all in this together but can we still give ourselves permission to feel and to let go and to be sad and to mourn and I think that there's uh you know as we continue to kind of create space for that right because we can let those feelings out because the when we have those emotions it's just neurological feedback it's just telling us something like hey we're not okay <laughs> but we can honor that we can listen to ourselves and, and move forward and it's hard to know what to say right now just that it's it's very much a me too like i i know i feel it well how would you how would you go about do, if somebody called you up and just said hey i really could use some help right now i've gone through the situation family members got it i can't go up and see them i'm struggling mentally with this how would you help them along in that situation i would do my best to hold space just kind of let them have their feelings let them talk it out I think it's hard to know what to say. It's hard to know what to say when when it feels scary or when it feels unfair. You know, and, and even when we experience um, death or tragedy or trauma or grief, it's hard to know what to say other than. But I think we just when we go to somebody, it's we want to be heard and we want to be loved and we want to be held and we want to be seen. And that's what I would offer. That's all that I can give is hold space and. Um, you virtually hold them and virtually hug them and um, love them and, and all in, in the only way that I can, which is being able to see them and sit with them and uh, not take, not mitigate, you know, or, or not negate their feelings or, you know, try to make them feel better, but just let them just hold space. And then is some of your, like, can you relate that to not feeling fair about your brother getting sick and that time in your life? to them not feeling fair like they've been dealt a fair hand and just share like bounce like so i've actually had this thought and i've said it on the podcast i guess uh kind of in passing but really now you've realized like the way communication and feelings go it's become where if you comment on somebody's page like just commenting on them it's like you're there with them being a friend to them Almost, you get the same sort of feeling, like the communication, like our video chat right now. Like we're, even though this is audio only recording, we're talking video. We can see each other. We feed off the emotion still of the video, even though we're not in the same room. So it's easier for us to like feed off these feelings and your feeling and how back and forth. So if you have anything, and I tell stories about my life because I do it in a way, or I try to anyway, my best effort is to relate to other people, like to relate to them. Like we're the same. You know what I mean? Like I've had this emotion. I've had this same thing. And I would think that something like what you have experienced, you can relate in some way to those feelings and like bring those things out of people when you're holding that space. Yeah. And that's, a, I think it's being able to, and then that's what I think makes you know, even like storytelling or the things that have been unfair, like much more relatable, right? That, that vulnerability creates us, create the connection. And, um, I, you know, it feel like I remember feeling, um, 
you know, and I know what it feels like when you when you think things are going to go a type of way, and and you have this vision that you hold very close to yourself, and you like do everything that you can to plan it, and then it doesn't go that way, and it's it's okay to get angry and to be upset, and and there's really not much that you can do except allow yourself to feel those things. So I found that when you don't, right, when we when we continue to suppress or you know pretend that everything is okay manifest in all other relationships that's the thing that I looking back on I wish that I would have um, allowed myself to be honest with the way that I was feeling and not pretend like I was okay and not pretend like I needed to be something that I wasn't or that I wasn't actually capable of being that was ultimately going to tear me up inside and uh, seriously impact every relationship I had (laughs) (laughs) well being vulnerable is so important it's it's like I I don't think I can stress that or say that enough. Like being vulnerable with people, whether it's one person, two, it doesn't have to be with the world if you don't want it to be with the world, or it can be on social media. It can be with the world um, and benefit a lot of people. But just being vulnerable is so important for your health. I feel I feel that way anyway. Like I feel a deeper connection with people when I am vulnerable when I let down that guard and like yeah, like you said, it is okay. To, we all get angry. Like, we all get angry. Nobody is just peaceful all the time. Like, something aggravates you. All these emotions, we go through them, right? Right, no. And, and, it's, and that's, a, that's a healthy emotion to have, and that's what you do with that then afterwards, right? Like, you have that, that fuel, whether it's, it's inspiring something. And I think, you know, to your point of, like, vulnerability is amazing, but also so is honesty. And there's a difference between privacy and honesty, but honesty because I want to sit in real life with you. And I even say that to myself, like, be honest, Elaine, because I want to sit in real life with me. And I ask that of other people, too, because I can't I can't sit by the fire with you if you're not there. You know, and even though that's hard, even though that's hard for me, it's hard to be, it's difficult. It's, it's scary to be honest because there's always these, I think, thoughts of, like, well, we have this, this, this perception that we have of ourselves, and we have this persona that we how we want to be seen, and if that's compromised, right? If our if our, if it compromises our ego, then we don't want to do that. <laughs> that's where you get, like that's where you really get to meet people is like when they're honest, because what I think we'll also find again is like, hey, me too. Like I have compassion for you because I have maybe I have felt that way, or I recognize maybe how challenging it is for you to be that honest and be that vulnerable. Yeah, and it makes it okay automatically for me in return to be honest to you. Like if you're honest and you're showing your – whether it be a fault or just like you're being honest with your assessment, it makes it okay. I'm like, oh, I see that. I'm okay with being honest back. Yeah, and honest without judgment. Yeah. Whether that comes from ourselves too because sometimes we – I think that um, at least for me, like I have maybe been too vulnerable or too honest and then I – I second guess myself and then I judge myself like, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that or that was silly or they weren't prepared for that. And then I get in my head about those things. And so I'll either maybe judge myself or then can we also still be honest, um, without a judgment from the other person, because that allows them to just be, because the, usually the things I think that we share, you know, whether it's being angry or being scared or being insecure is something that is not comfortable. And we don't want to share that and then have it just slapped back in our face. <laughs> well this is why i don't tell anyone anything exactly exactly i mean and and you can you can have the honesty like oh man i really messed up right here this is what i did x y z and then you have like 
honest moments where, oh, I'm not as good as maybe I've been telling myself I am and in this particular thing. And that's okay. Like, no, everybody starts someplace and everybody's not as good at something. Every Like, that is natural. Admitting that just make that is the beginning of the improvement, I feel. Mm-hmm. And, I, like, if you can help people do that just by talking, like, just even by talking to them. But it's a challenging thing. Like, I, you can say it so easy. Like, oh, well, Elaine's just going to talk to you. She's just going to hold space for you, if you want to say it. Like, that's, that seems to be the word now, hold space. I'm old, so I just say, like, conversation or have, you know, talk to people. But uh, if you're going to hold space and do that with somebody honestly – it's tougher than what people think because just like you said, we hold this image of ourselves up and it's really hard to break that wall down. We're like, I'm coming to her because she's smarter than me and then she's going, oh, well, I can't. I definitely can't tell them that I did X, Y, and Z because then I don't sound like I am smarter or in a position to help when it's the exact opposite. Yeah, and I think it's, or if we, like we all have like our secrets. We all have things that we don't want anyone to know. We all have like these these things that maybe we have um, guilt or shame around. Which I think guilt is just an illusion. But we there are things that we're maybe not super proud of. And then to go up and, and share those things that then again is like, well, I I want to be seen in the best light. So I don't want to be honest about these things. But I can't sit with you if you're not honest. And that's thing that needs to be opened up and shared right away. But it does change the dynamic of the conversation let's i want to get into why you think guilt is an illusion well i get this from a few different teachings there's a few words that i try not to like throw into my vocabulary but guilt they say is you feel that we 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 feel guilt we have that emotion of feeling guilty because we didn't do what we um maybe what was in our best interest or what was the the best thing for us to do we didn't do, we weren't maybe 100% honest or we didn't do the thing, we didn't do what we know we should have done or that was going to yield the best outcome. But that's where we feel, I think there's guilt kind of manifest in that way. But guilt is, I think, I think it it can be a little bit of illusion. Like, did I feel, do I feel guilty for not doing this because I said I was going to do it? Because I wasn't like, I didn't hold myself to this this um, illusion of a standard that maybe wasn't real because when I approached the commitment, I actually couldn't show up as my best, and it was in my best interest then to step back. I guess that sounded kind of confusing. But <laughs> is it that we are not upholding um, this promise that we made, that we put too much pressure? To fulfill the promise? Maybe. Or, I mean, I have, so the way I, I actually just had this, it's funny that you say that because I just had this conversation. It's not guilt, but it's, I hold myself accountable a lot. Like I enjoy hanging like relaxation time, right? I I do enjoy that time, but I don't feel like I don't enjoy it as much. And I definitely don't feel like I deserve it. If I don't go do something, like if I don't accomplish something, what, no matter what the meaning, like that's why I pace around the house. If I sit too long, because I just feel like I need to do something to earn the reward of that relaxation time. Does that make sense? And yeah, it just I makes it sweet. It just makes it sweeter for me. It makes it more enjoyable <laughs> for me. Like I accomplished something, and now I can rest. And that's the way I look at it. Like I, I need both of those things to have find the enjoyment in the relaxation. 
And so, like, I don't, I don't know if you would call it guilt if I don't do that, and that's what causes me to get up, or, or what it would be. It's just the way I'm wired. That's the way I've always been. But um, it's interesting that you said, like, I just thought it was funny you said guilt was an illusion. I was like, oh, I wanted to hear more about why. Like, why do you think guilt was an illusion? Because there is a feeling of it, of either letting yourself down or letting others down. I think, yeah, that's what I think that's mostly what I mean by it. Like, it is a, it's, it, maybe it's an illusion in that we give it more power than it's worth. We give up our power to this emotion of, of shame, um, or like embarrassment, perhaps, around like, oh, you know, I, I was not worthy of, like, to your point, like, not feeling worthy to be able to rest. Like, I need to earn that rest, or I need to earn that meal, or I need to earn that vacation, or, you know, those things. Like, why why do we do that to ourselves? And if we don't, then do we feel guilty because of it? I find that maybe guilt comes from, like, when we know we fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) I think when I think more of guilt, guilt being an illusion, and then feeling like, I don't know. These are these weird like emotions that I think we have as humans, like guilt and shame and um, embarrassment. I don't really know where they come from. What but if I know you that just... maybe they carry more weight because we don't like just own like, no, I just, this is what I wanted to do today. I wanted to sit my ass here and watch this entire series or watch this sports or, you know, whatever. But we, um, is it, does that come from comparison? Maybe. I mean... It'll happen like from all sorts of things from when, you know, like a friend calls while you're doing that. You're like, no, I really want to just watch TV right now. I don't really want to go do X, Y, and Z. And then you're like, oh, I feel guilty because I'm not hanging out with friends. I'm watching this TV show, you know, or vacation could be because, hey, a lot of other people don't get the opportunity to take this vacation. And now I feel guilty. Like it could be your personality type. I'm not a psychologist. I just, I love the, I'm fascinated by it. So mm-hmm. that sort of mindset really like it, it's interesting because I almost think that if you flipped it on its head and I don't, maybe you have a, a thought on this. If you flipped it on its head and be like, I recognize that guilt feeling and then you go, I'm okay with it because I know I need to do something better. I accept it and I'm going to try to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I always try to like explore compassionately why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling like, where did that really come from? Who instilled that? <laughs> did I instill that? Was that from an experience that I had? Was that um, something that I observed? And where does that come from? But yeah, I try to approach it with compassion as much as I can. I don't, I, and I think it's different to each person. But the, yeah, like the, the guilt, I don't really, that's why I think it's a little bit of an illusion. Like, I think we, we chalk it up to like having this, to weighing on us for so long, but if we just take away the power of it or approach it with compassion or be like, this is just, and then is that like then the acceptance part of it too? Like I accept that this is what I'm going to do today and I will not feel bad. Oh, that's a, that, that's a good one to practice, huh? Like you make a decision, you stick with it and you, you say, I'm not going to feel bad. That can work either way. I like that. I like that a lot. Cause if you, if you're like, no, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going to do this. And if I say no to other things, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I've been my big thing this year is I've been practicing um, how to learning to trust myself, and then I'm offering that to other people. And one of the things is to be decisive. 
Uh, and then I've broken that into like, this is what I, I ask myself, what it is that I want, how I think I'm going to feel when I get what I want, and can I absorb the cost, whether it's financial or emotional. And then I, then I make the decision and then I carry on with the rest of my day. And nice. The rest of my life. Nice. And it mostly helps because I think that when then it's like the decision will be made, that I've made my decision, the decision will not be unmade, and I'm going to carry on with my life. And I've, I've observed this a lot through like, you know, other podcasts I've listened to or books is like, these high performers, these CEOs or what have you, they, when they give a speech or they perform or they do something like sometimes they reflect on it, but oftentimes they don't, not in the way that I think maybe I would or other people do. Like they, let's look at like a CEO who like has their meeting and their presentation. And even if it didn't go maybe exactly where they wanted to, they've already moved on to the next thing because they don't spend time dwelling on how they wish something would have been better perhaps like they've are like like their, their meeting was at eight o'clock and it's 10 o'clock like they're already probably at like 10 30 like they're just like trying to be a few steps ahead and i don't know where i was going with that but it makes sense to your guilt was illusion thing because you think about that and that might if you apply that mindset to your life like what you just said like that action of hey you just forget the bad or whatever i messed up cool let's move on to the next one and then about it the way we think about it or at least like you know like nobody is like just churning over something that you said or did yeah like they've moved on in their life yeah you're not you're hanging on to it so yeah it is like almost a self like it's a it's a feeling there for a purpose but then it's almost like self-pity type of thing or like a you're beating yourself up for absolutely no reason like dude everybody messes up let's go rock on like forget about it don't worry. I mean, we've all felt all those emotions anyway, and I'm sure those CEOs have, unless they're just psychopaths. They've, you know, <laughs> they've felt the same thing, but they've trained themselves. Like, everything can be trained. That's what I've learned. Everything can be, no matter how hard the habit is, you can break it. Yes. You know, you, you can. Like, it just takes discipline and willpower willpower to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I mean, just like paying attention, like, you know, I'm, my mind starting to go into the past. Is that really going to serve me? Probably not. Can we stop ourselves in the middle of this negative feeling or thought or something that we, it is irreversible. Um, and then can we just like either change it or move on? I think it's what we, maybe it's an illusion or it's because it's what we continue to spend our energy on. Ah, that's another good one too. What do you spend your, that's a big thing of what I've like, Oh, what do you spend your energy on? Like, uh, so if you spend a ton of time on Twitter, on Facebook, watching CNN, Fox, you name it, go down the list, all of them, you're going to hear so much negative fear, negative fear, panic, panic, negative fear, bang, right? And you're going to think that the entire world is about to die from this deadly disease, right? It's all just going to end. It's over. And you start going out and buying 70 cases of toilet paper because you think you need it and you're stocking up in your house. You know, the whole shebang, like it all gets in there. And it's easy to do. Like I'm not making, I wouldn't make fun of the people. I joke about it because I joke about everything in a weird situation. I have that sense of humor. But like if if you take in, I, I'm a big proponent of whatever you take in, you breathe out. So if I'm taking in the negative energy, I'm going to breathe out the negative panic energy. So I want to take in and allow in what I allow in, which is my choice, is to allow in good stuff, like positive. Absolutely. I think when that's I was one hundred percent 
I agree with that. And we talk about that in Ayurveda because we have our five senses. And are our five senses enhancing our life or, or has it become detrimental to our life? Because we're going to absorb it regardless. But is it helping us or is it hurting us? And of course, like if you are like in this, and that's where I see, you know, and I'm not, Iowa City is not a small town, but there are small towns in Iowa. And I see that like the mindset that they have like created because they stay in that cycle of like narrow-minded and like this is how it is so there's not a lot of expansion so there's not a lot of curiosity or questioning things just like this is how it is and I do I respect curiosity and you know just being well maybe if it was like this but our senses are very strong and they're connected to our neurological makeup so when we are digesting all of this information and it happens to be um, the, the tone is fear and um, divide and separation and better than or worse than, like, that we start to habitually, like, I think we subconsciously then start to move in that way. Yeah, and you do, I mean, not to totally change it, but you do a bunch of breathing. You're a yoga instructor as well. Um, yes. Which I will say, you've been on Instagram Live a lot. I, every time I turn on, like, <laughs> live live it seems oh like which is all i mean and and i actually like i clicked on one i'm like this is cool like you're just doing i don't know what you do in all of them but if it's all like the yoga classes and just helping people for free and giving that stuff out like hey stretch with me like do whatever this is all like motivating good stuff like there's nothing bad about the stretching and the breathing it's probably the best thing that people can do that have been taking in all that panic Here's the best thing you can do because it gets you out of your head, which can be kind of a dangerous place sometimes because we'll spiral, right? And I get that. Like, I can spiral too. That's why I like the change in seasons because, you know, if, if it was summer forever, I would just, like, spiral out into, like, Jupiter. I would just fucking go wild for too long. Uh, don't move to Texas then. <laughs> you know, like, and I think about that, like, because I thought about moving to Southern California and I was like, how would I get anything done? But it does, um, like, and that's what I like about the yoga so much. And I didn't really understand what it was, but I've had a long relationship. It's probably my longest relationship has been with yoga. But I would practice, and I always felt good after class. Um, and that's one thing I like about, because yoga, is, in the way that I practice, the way that I teach is a moving meditation. So it gets you out of your head. It gets you breathing. It gets oxygen into your muscles and, and your body, and then, it's that meditative state that you walk out of class or breath work or meditation or some kind of, you know, going more into your heart center. And it's, that's the place that we want to try to operate from. And that's why it's a continuous practice, right? You can try to continue to show up on your mat or show up for yourself, whether it's through movement or breath work or meditation, because that gives, um, it's, uh, it's a, I think it's, this, it's a, what I want to say, like, it's a soulful place to communicate from and to move from. And not this, like, neurological damaged fear that comes from the media or news or a negative person, like, that breeds into you, I think. Like, and that's all kind of just negative influence. Yeah, it takes your focus. It's And it can happen with anything that your hobby is, but, like, it takes your focus away, like, onto comp- your breath holding a pose that's difficult and challenging and trying to relax in the middle of it 
and you have to really be focused on that in order to make that happen. You can't be focused on like what somebody's saying or what this virus is doing or who may have it or what you heard or somebody called you a name or, oh, I got bills to pay. Somebody's, I'm getting audited. Whatever it is, like whatever it is, you you can't focus on that in the stretch or that's not going to work. You know, you're, you're going to be tight. You need to be loose, relaxed, and you need to be focused on that. And so clearing that head, like that reset is, is amazing. Like it needs to happen more. People need to find more of these things that just like that, like watching your, I would say, don't ever stop doing that because that's what people need. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm, actually try to work on bringing it to like a subscription based model so like right now I'm just doing live recordings um, but I'm hoping by the end of maybe this month I've got some time and it'll be um, like a subscription based model so kind of go in and I'll just continue to feed in videos they'll probably be uh, 10 20 and 40 minute flows or like just movements breath work meditation that kind of stuff but it does it's it's part of like in the studio it's part of your routine I think, or like it's a ritual because we still have these, we live in a modern world with modern influences and the progression. And I understand that and I respect that. But when we, sometimes I think it can take us too far away from ourselves and we forget who we are and we forget what we want. We forget how strong we are. We forget how amazing and beautiful we are and that we're not separate at all. Like we're all connected. Everything is connected, but there's less of a divide and more of a, um, a humanity, in, I think, involved. Yeah, and I like that you said that because really, like if, if you flip onto a yoga thing, you don't care if somebody's a Republican or a Democrat or what their politics are or like where they came from. They could be in Iowa. They could be in the middle of New York City. They could be in Houston. They could be in L.A doesn't matter they tune in they're there to stretch breathe relax and hit the reset button just like you you're all the same yes yeah it's all the same yeah and and, and that goes to the point of like you know the, the coaching sessions that i do too like i get it i can spiral and i can get angry and i can um and i can get really angry and i can my well, my ego is strong too and i work to keep her mouth shut <laughs> <laughs> not like be so reactive so I get it I get it but I um you know I try to do my best to take care of my mind and my body and my soul and it doesn't feel good when my shoulders are in my ears and I haven't taken time for myself to remind me who I am and um that you know life I think is bigger than all of us and that we um there isn't so much of a divide and anybody can do it, and we all get it, and that's the thing, like, it's all, there's so much of this, like, me too and compassion in life, and I, we, I think we forget it, um, with, because it feels unfair, right, and, it, and that's kind of back to what we were saying, like, life can feel really unfair, and, and things will happen in our lives that will be wildly out of our control, but being able to respond versus react is very powerful. That's it, that's a very good point, and you of all people, I mean, having a wife that's in the fitness industry, you of all people know how unfair this can be because it's a people business. You need to be with them. Like you have yoga studios, you go see people, you train people. You have to be with them to make money or you don't make money. Like, you know what I mean? Like when your job is solely based on that 
And then all of a sudden, I mean, within, you just go to bed and you wake up and all of a sudden, what are you saying now? This virus is making me not have a job. Like, I have no more income and it's indefinite. Like, they're not giving me a time frame. So that's a super scary place to be. You know, and it, for, for you, so you can speak on that like over and over again and help so many people out with that. Yeah, and I've actually, I mean, I've been without work since December and there was work that I was planning on that I was like building up and there were these relationships and I was organizing everything and then COVID happened and I was like, still? Still unemployed? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. on, come on. And, and there was, there was this moment of like, I have no income. My business has completely collapsed and I don't know when it's going to start up again. And I have poured my heart and soul into this and I can't do it the way that I want to do it. I can't do it with, um, with an income and I can't do it in New York. And so I, and that's what I'm doing. I'm packing up my bags and I'm going to try it somewhere else. But the thing is, um, you know, and I've given so much of it and it feels like, and then I had all these retreats that were planned this year and it felt like this year was going to be, and I had so many people that were rooting for me, like, Elaine, this is going to be a good year. This is going to be a good year. And then it happened and I was like, really? Come on. Come on, COVID. Like, and it all, and it all fell apart very fast. And I had, I've had moments last weekend. I cried for the first time and I really, I went out for a run because I was feeling restless. And after the run, I realized it wasn't restless that I was feeling. It was despair. And it was grief and it was mourn because they were, and that's what grief is, is it's giving yourself permission to feel it's, it's when we think things are going to go a type of way. We, um, we didn't, we didn't, we weren't able to live out our dreams or maybe our hopes the way that we had desired to. And so there was a moment where I cried for a couple of days of all the stuff that I planned and it's not going to be available this year. And, and who's to say it's not going to happen in the in the future because my dreams and my hopes don't have to die. But it feels it definitely felt scary, and it was to have everything just wiped away like that was abrupt. <laughs> and then it turned into leaving New York, which is also abrupt and also kind of a a little bit. Of, and this is all big trauma, not just for me, but for everyone who's lost their job and who um, maybe was sitting. There was, you know, the weather was changing, and we had all this these things that we were looking forward to and now they're not. And some of us have lost people and, you know, we've lost jobs, we've lost houses. And, uh, and so it's scary, but yeah, the, the being a, uh, an independent contractor in that way and having it just kind of wiped clean was okay. And I think there was a little bit of shock and that's where I was like, and I'm typically a positive person and I had this level of positivity that ran and ran until it ran out. It's like, I'm just going to give myself permission to feel, and that's what I think I found that was kind of frustrating is that, you know, while I have things to be grateful for, absolutely, that didn't mean that my feelings didn't matter. And I want everyone to be aware of that. Like, just because you have something that you, you still have things to be grateful for, that doesn't mean that you can't um, give yourself permission to be angry and upset and sad. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a real feeling. It's a gut-wrenching feeling. Being on the, like, you know having a successful business in the past, growing up in one to, you know, something out of our control, something in our control, you know, losing a business at the same time, it and watching it go down can be like 
God, it just takes your soul. Because uh, anybody who's ever started, uh, tried to start one, works on a business, tries to do something, like what you said, when you put your heart and soul into it, which, I mean, that's the only way it succeeds, put your real heart and soul into something. Not just like as a hobby, but like put some skin in the game. Have so much in it that it like your livelihood is depends on it. All that it's you're in. I'm in. This thing is going, and I'm building momentum, and it's all going good. And then some virus comes and just crushes it immediately. Not like with a warning. Not with like, hey, we're gonna like give you some time to save up, maybe get a different skill, go for a different job. You know, it yeah. it it literally just went no, no more. And so. That feeling right there, it just it could be sinking. I'm putting myself in your shoes, like, lose, like being a part of a business that went under, you know, at one point in time. Um, it is. It's like there's not. Sometimes there's nothing you can do. It's just not. You know, things happen and it goes. And then how you react at that point is so important. Like what you do at that point, you can feel sad. You can feel like, but. I learned a really good lesson from my grandpa and from them and the way they reacted to a lot of adverse situations. And then my dad, whenever some bad situations happened to us, it was like, okay, yeah, it sucks. Like, I don't like it. None of us like it. I'm stressed out. Like, But it's not going to fix itself. You know, we're dealt a hand. Now we got to deal with it and make it the best it can possibly be for us at the moment. Mm-hmm. And for other people. Like, this is just the way, like, that. that's the attitude. And that that's where I think, like, something like your stuff can help. Like, you can actually be of service to people in this time where you can be like, hey, I've got all these things that have just happened to me, just like your brother. And just relate to all these people, service industry people. Like, I think of them all the time. Like, I'm fortunate to be in a position where mine is essential and our, thing, our you know, job keeps working. But think of all the people that hustle, like, Wait tables, make a lot, make a good living doing that. Uh, I I used to be, and I think maybe this is where it comes from. I used to be a commission sales rep. I don't have that job anymore. Like that doesn't exist. Because if I can't go see people, and then restaurants aren't selling food, and I'm selling food to the restaurants, I'm out of a job. Like they don't need me anymore, and I'm not mad at my boss because he's worried about his job. You know, in the business, it's a cycle that's just crazy. As far as in in the people business, and so I think everybody needs help, like banding together and supporting each other in this crazy time. Like more than ever, not panicking, but like going, "Hey, how can we help each other? Maybe we'll promote your business on Instagram all over the place. Maybe I'll give you a bunch of free stuff live on Insta. Like maybe I'll just give, give, give right now in a time where everybody needs." Yeah. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's why I do the, the yoga classes. I ask for some donations because it just helps kind of just get to contribute to a few things here. But, like, that's what I can do. That's what I can continue to offer, even though I've poured everything into it. Um, it's not going to go away. And I think that's where it's it's important to, yeah, like, we can't control the hand that we're dealt. And there's so much in life that is will be outrageously out of our control. But how do we respond versus, you know, how do we react? And then we... And I've also found, too, like, while I can, like I was saying, like, I could use this. I could be mad at COVID. I could be mad at New York. I could be mad at, like, I can't believe I chose this as a profession and all this went away. And But that's not going to do me any good. Like, like that's just sabotage. 
That is sabotage to my well-being. That is sabotage to my um, my mental health, like all of it. So then even, okay, like a lot of, like, that was, it's frustrating. And that sucks. And that really sucks. And I'm not happy about that. But you know what I get to do right now? I get to be with my dad while he transitions into retirement. And had I had a job, had I been busy in New York, had I had this like thriving business, I wouldn't have been able to be here. And I think if anything, that just is reminding me again, um, and I am lucky to be able to come home and I'm lucky to be able to be with my dad in something like this and support him um, through something that is, uh, it can be a difficult transition. Yeah. When yeah. you've lived your life for so long. And then I know that we've all lived our life a certain way for so long. That's why COVID is like, wait, but I was doing this thing. You know, and I was like, I don't like this loneliness. And I was able to see my friends. And I have this this routine or this, this structure or however you look at it. But um, it's okay to get mad. It's okay to get angry. It's okay to get upset. We just try not to live there. And because it doesn't, it's not going to do us any good. And then can we create, can we change the, the framework so that we can focus our energy, which is limited um on something that is bigger than us well, isn't that a lot of what like eastern philosophy and that sort of thing that you're going over is about is like being comfortable with being flexible with change like being comfortable with that change flowing with it and moving with it and, and making the change into a positive versus resisting it just that um it's how we choose to look at things and and that the lens that which we see life through is different for every person based on the experience that they've had um whether that was through an upbringing or or life um positive or negative uh, but we can yeah it's, i think it's just removing yourself like okay this is the experience and how much power do we want to give away too you know, and that's, I think, it's a big thing that I've learned from Eastern, from philosophies, and even just myself, like, I can give this all, everything that I have, but then what would I have left, and why would I give it there if I could give it to something more positive, something more impactful? That's a good point, and I wouldn't feel bad about asking donations in your stuff at all. Like, this is the time when people, like, so there's, if you want to give to people, why wouldn't somebody want to give to you? Like, somebody's out there. There may not be people that can. But the people that can will support, like, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in it. Like, people are going to take care of people naturally. Like, somebody's going to care about Elaine and they're going to want to, like, that has something and will take care of her, you know? Like, you can trace that back all the way to, you know, the Holocaust where people are hiding Jews, you know what I mean? Like, people are risking their lives for a human that they don't know anything about. But it, it was just, it compelled them to do that because that's what's born in us. We're not naturally like just these savages that go across the earth killing each other, you know? Um, most of us have feelings and care about each other and want to see each other do good and social animals, social beings all the way around. That's the, the most devastating thing is not being able to be social. Even for an introvert, it's hard because it's not, you're not just choosing to stay away from certain people you're like forced to not be there you're forced yeah and to your point of like the the holocaust have you seen jojo rabbit oh man that sounds familiar i think i have but i i can't recall i'm gonna say no because i don't want to misspeak okay so it came out last fall and it is about um 
Scarlett Johansson is in it. Um, it was up for a lot of awards. Uh, Sam Rockwell is in it. But there's a scene, and it's about um, Nazi Germany through like, the lens of children a little bit. And there's a scene where Scarlett Johansson is looking up at um, a few Jewish people that were hung, and her younger son looks up and says to her, well, like, what did they do? And she turns to him and she was like, what they had to. And I think that's so powerful because you can take that into, that has a lot of different meaning, like, well, what did they have? It was so vague, but then looking back on it as you watch the movie, it was like they did what they had to do. And I think, to your point of saying, we do what we have to do to take care of each other. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. So donate to your site. It's that easy. We're not talking about <laughs> life or death. We're talking about supporting each other in like the greatest like ever. How awesome is it to be alive now? So like the people that went through these crazy flus, I'm going to end this thing on a positive note for sure because that's just who I am. But my mind immediately goes to think about like the people beforehand, you know, the Spanish flu, whatever. They didn't have social media. They couldn't like quarantine each other and get a head start on everything. We couldn't talk to each other. You couldn't ask for donations to do yoga classes. Like there was nothing like that for people to support each other in such an abundant way. And so it's amazing that we have the tools and we should be looking at the positive. Like I fully think that you could make this a thing. Like you could turn this around and actually work it to your advantage when this whole thing is said and done and you'll have a leg up on people. I'm doing my best to do that. <laughs> Just trying to be consistent and share what I have. And what I have is compassion and yoga and a practice that I want to give to the world. That's all I can, can do. And I firmly believe that the smile you send out will return to you. And that's, <laughs> that's, it. that's all I got. Just got a lot of smiles. Nice. Well, what would you suggest for every? Like, I'm gonna send them all over your Instagram and stuff. But what would you suggest to people who are cooped up in their house? They're not necessarily people that have been to like been into athletics or working out or whatever. Maybe maybe they're not into yoga at all. Like they've never done it before. But what would you suggest to somebody like that? Maybe like, hey, maybe I'll start a new hobby. Maybe I'll learn something new and I'll check this out. Like, where would you? Where would you just suggest they go, start, and then also if they're struggling mentally with any sorts of weird thoughts like this panic and fear, where would you suggest that they, like how would you suggest they start a process of taking in better information? Um, first, is that about like through yoga and movement or just if we're All the way around, like them. all your advice all in one package. Somebody asked me this the other day, and I thought um, to do the things that we used to do as kids, maybe. Like the, um, like, this is weird. I've been doing a lot of yard work with my parents and just kind of, and practicing handstands and weeding in, like, the flower beds. And that's something I used to do as a, as a little girl to help my mom, and it's been fun to do that. And if that's not available, think, you know, um, if you were ever activating the left side of our brain, so the creative side of whether it's painting or drawing or um, I don't know I pulled out like all my Calvin and Hobbes books the other day like just reading comic books doing something that is that maybe keeps you present I think the the news and the way that we've maybe have lived our life there was a bit of distraction 
and I know movies are great, but if there's some sort of like creative arts or dance that we could do, I think that is um, kind of it gets it gives us just chance to uh, forget for a little bit about maybe what's going on. It's like a this awake dream state of something. And to answer your other question, uh, write just write about what you're feeling. Write about write it all out and just be, see it and observe it without judgment and then give yourself compassion i think that's the important part that people need to remember without judgment like write it down it's okay this is the point of it is getting it out yeah just get it out and be like become friends with it <laughs> you know acknowledge it see it and just be like okay i get it i get it life is wild right now you know it's okay Yep, it is. Well, thank you for being on again. Tell everybody where they can go and watch your yoga sessions um, and get advice from you. And definitely, I want them to go to your website. I don't want to see any, but like, I want to see it look on the upside for you as far as this oh, business that you poured everything into. You deserve it. Like, you really did put a lot into it. And the fact that you don't want to push it, even when you're in desperate need of like this is your survival and it's just blown up. It just speaks volumes for the service that you're, you provide to people. So, or at least the honest effort for you to help and be beneficial to other people. So let everybody know where they can find you and go check it out and donate to your page. Oh, thank you so much. So you can, uh, my website is elainemowen.com and then my Instagram handle is Elaine in the city. And I'm hoping by the end of this month, I'll have um, like my own, video channel where I'll have be able to continue to feed everything that I know and believe to be true that's helpful for staying mentally physically and emotionally healthy and safe nice and then are you going to do your launch and your release after this thing's all said and done yes so I'll have the video portion um, I'm hoping to have that available by end of this month or May and then I'll do a launch for my abundance coaching program that will be available in June 21st okay well let me know I'll blast it out whenever I hear it coming and help any way we can. Thank you so much, Elaine, for being on again. Thank you again. Thank you again to everybody who tuned in to this episode of the podcast. Don't forget, like, rate, and review the show on your listening platform if you have time. And screenshot it, repost it on your social media, and spread the word. Really appreciate that. Go support Elaine and all of the ventures that she is on. Let's try to help everybody stay on their feet in this time of need. And until the next episode, see ya.